Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 50-50 Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Michael. Alongside me, I got my friend and co-host Mason. Say what's going on, everybody. What is going on, everybody? We're excited to be back, ready to move on to our new series, uh, our faves and fades, we're calling it. So that's going to be this episode and then the next three. We're going to go through the positions, starting with quarterback today. We're going to move to running back next Tuesday, wide receiver next Thursday, and then we'll finally wrap up with tight ends the Tuesday after that. But it is an exciting series that we're looking forward to get getting into. But just a couple pieces of news, Mikey, coming out of the uh, NFL world. Uh, the first one is going to be Deshaun Watson settles on 11 game, game suspension um, with the NFL PA. So Deshaun Watson out 11 games. Obviously, it's pretty straightforward how we analyze this, right? It's fade mm-hmm. all Cleveland Browns at this point. Move them all down your rankings. It's going to be Brissett in there, uh, it seems like, as of right now. So it's pretty simple. Fade your Browns. Um, and and then maybe if you want to, if you have a deep bench, you draft Watson and stash him for that 11 weeks and hope he comes out hot for your playoffs. But really, it's kind of a gross situation you're going to want to stay, stay away from for the most part. Um, and then the other thing that has come out is that it's seeming like Alvin Kamara is not even at risk of getting a suspension anymore, um, which is crazy. I don't think anyone was really expecting that whatsoever. Um, but I'm interested to see kind of uh, what you feel the fantasy impact is of this news, Mikey. Well, it's massive. Um it's Alvin Kamara, right? And he's not just a normal fantasy player. We're talking about a perennial first-round draft pick the last five years in fantasy. Um, you got to look at this that you got to uh, pretty much – you got to just draft him um, wherever you are. Now, I don't know how much it will move up in total where he'll be. Um, I think right now he's kind of mid-second round. Um, yeah, Fantasy Pros at IDP has him at uh, ranked number 17 total. So that's, what, the 205? So – Personally, I don't know if he'd really move up that much. Uh, I will say he'd move up to 15 for me. 
Um, he would surpass Chubb and Javante and take that 15 spot. So he's a guy to look at if you kind of have that turn pick. Um, if you got a nice start, maybe you get Jamar Chase at the end or even a guy like Diggs or a Swift to Kamara start. Uh, that would be pretty interesting. But the implications, it's it's Alvin Kamara, man. And you, you see it itself, he was already the seven, he was the 17th overall player uh, overall in fantasy with that implication in place of the suspension. And now we get news that he might not even get suspended. Well, we don't know how high people are going to take him, but personally for me, I still think he's kind of a end of, uh, sorry, end of first, early second. Uh, what do you think, Mace? Where do you think he's going to go? Yeah, I've actually moved him up to my number 11 overall. Wow. Wow. I, I don't see, and again, this is assuming there's no suspension looming. So yeah. if we're getting to, you know, Labor Day weekend, we're all drafting and there's still the last update is, oh, he's not going to be suspended this year. I see no reason for Kamara at 11 to be a, a crazy ranking. Mm-hmm. He's done it every single year. He had some injuries last year, but Kamara is an elite running back. Am I going to take him over Joe Mixon? Probably not. Obviously, the ceiling's higher in Kamara, but just that slight risk something comes up midseason would kind of keep me away from moving him above those elite guys. But 100%, I'm going to take him over Devontae Adams. I'm going to take him over Diggs. I'm going to take him over Nick Chubb, especially with the Deshaun Watson news. I'm going to take him over all these guys due to the upside that he has. So I, I think putting him in the back of your first round um, is going to be it, – it's going to be where you have to take him by the time we get closer to the season and by the time we start actually getting into a, more of a, a frequent draft season. Mm-hmm. No, man, I agree. And you know what? I think we can probably slide away from Kamara. We got some guys to talk about in the quarterback front. So uh, how about you introduce us uh, to the start of the series, Mace? Let's hear your first fave. All right. So my uh, my first fave here, I'm going to start from uh, the top of my rankings, move down throughout mine. Um, but my first one is Mr. Tom Brady. Um, now, I, I just want to clarify, when we say faves, these aren't our top guys, um, these are just guys that we feel that should be going a lot higher than their ADP guys that we like to draft much earlier than where they're currently going. And it's the same with our fates. We're not saying we hate these guys. We're not saying these guys are going to have terrible seasons. We're simply saying we would much rather prefer taking them a lot later than their current ADP. So I just kind of want to clarify that before we really dig into it. Um, but yeah, my, my first guy is Mr. Tom Brady, just the absolute picture of consistency he hasn't lost anything on this team. He's got Leonard Fournette coming back. Mike Evans is back. Chris Godwin is coming back a lot sooner and a lot healthier than expected. So there's really no reason to expect anything less out of Tom Brady this year. They have had a couple of injuries on the offensive line, which can be slightly concerning. Um, but I just don't think it's going to impact Brady's overall fantasy value this year. They also brought in a guy in Rashad White to kind of play more of a receiving role out of the backfield. So that's an additional weapon for him. And I really just feel like Tom Brady is a guy that until he retires, you cannot go wrong with. Um, And I I don't see how you can take all these riskier players before him, the Kyler Murrays, the, the Jalen Hurts, the Dak Prescott. I don't see how you can fathom taking them over Tom Brady, who has just been there, done that top quarterback every single year. You draft him and you have a plug-and-play every single week at your quarterback spot. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm fully on board for Tom Brady this year. You know that. 
Um, he's pretty high on my rankings above his ADP actually for me. Um, I have him over some of the guys that they have him on there at, but uh, for my first fave, um, kind of off the board here. Cause we kind of try to keep it. Well, obviously we don't talk about the same guys. So um, Mace had his rankings in first. So I kind of had the, uh, the sloppy seconds here, but my first fave is actually Jameis Winston. And obviously like Mason said, this isn't a guy I'm saying is my number one favorite quarterback this year, but he's someone to look at. If you maybe don't want to take a guy early. Um, the main reason I like him is not only is he a fantasy quarterback that he bombs the ball, but he's actually in a pretty solid situation now, especially since the news about Kamara coming back. Um, if you look at his stats last year before he tore his ACL, he was five and two, 14 touchdowns to three interceptions and 1200 yards. So those don't scream huge fantasy numbers, but you have to remember what he was dealing with there. Um, his number one receiver last year, those first seven games was literally Deontay Harris. Michael Thomas wasn't playing. He didn't have Chris Olave. He didn't have, obviously, Jarvis Landry. So all these guys now, they're they're useless. They're irrelevant because he has his number one guy now. He has Olave. He has that downfield guy. He has Jarvis Landry. And most importantly, as of today, it seems like Alvin Kamara will be playing the full season um, this year. So you kind of look at all these things. And this is not a guy that hasn't had success fantasy-wise. Obviously, he was the 30 and 30 quarterback. He threw 30 interceptions in 2019, but everyone keeps forgetting he was the QB three that year. So he had a top three fantasy season, then gets traded or leaves, sorry, Tampa Bay, goes to New Orleans, and then comes back, goes five and two on very efficient numbers. Like five and five and two on 14 to three is pretty solid for Jameis Winston. Um, but like I said, the touchdown numbers aren't very that high, but it's just because he didn't really have much to work with. But you look at all these signs, you kind of look at it as maybe he might be worth a flyer, right? He, he should not be the first QB you draft off the board, I'm saying. But, like, why not in one of those late rounds if you take a high-risk guy um, just to go with him, you know, or even a safe floor guy? You kind of look at it both ways. And personally, for me, I just – I really – it's really appealing to me of where he's going. And you can get him at the 130th spot in the draft, which is pretty much the 13th round. and. I just don't see why you really wouldn't try to get him there because he's in a pretty much perfect situation. Now he has three legitimate receivers. We don't know with Olave, but like we talked about yesterday, on yesterday's episode is that he's not only burning NFL corners, he's burning some of the best in Jair Alexander. So all signs right now show that he's legit. Michael Thomas looks phenomenal. We'll really have to see how his health continues to progress through this off season. And Jairus Landry's a guy that I always kind of liked. Um, he was very good in Miami. And then he just goes to Cleveland. And just like OBJ, it's just the career went down. It was a quick, quick fall off. But I just really think that this could be a year where Jameis Winston and Jarvis Landry have a resurgence. And like I said, he's not a guy that you draft first as your quarterback. But if you're in a deeper league, you take a shot on him because you know he loves to air the ball. And that matters in fantasy football. So, Mace, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I don't like Jameis Winston at all this year. That's okay. Personally, um, yeah, man, I just don't think he's he's going to be efficient enough. And I think if he's not efficient enough, they're going to go away from throwing the ball. So, I, I'm not a big Jameis Winston guy. But a guy that I am big on is my boy in Las Vegas, Derek Carr. This is a guy, he's always been a dog, he's always had the arm, he's always been a great quarterback, but he's just never had any elite weapons. 
in Las Vegas. Darren Waller's great. Darren Waller is an awesome tight end, but he is not an elite receiving option. The last time Derek Carr had anything near what you would consider elite would be a young Amari Cooper. But even I wouldn't consider him that. Cooper in Derek Carr's MVP season or MVP candidate season still just got to 1,000 yards. So I don't see any reason for Devontae Adams to not come in and be the game changer for Derek Carr that he's always needed. Obviously, there's no introduction needed for Devontae Adams. I don't need to hype him up. We know he's, at the very least, a top three wide receiver in the NFL. And I think Derek Carr and him are going to click. Derek Carr has the fire in him after that heartbreaking loss to the Bengals last year in the postseason. So Derek Carr is a guy that I think um, it's atrocious that he's going 14th, QB 14. I think that's wild. This is a guy that has consistently been a QB 14 or better without Devontae Adams. So I don't see any reason for him to not finish much better than he has without that X-Factor wide receiver there. Yeah, man. Um, I'm a big believer in Derek Carr. I always have been. And I think that he's kind of always had that one guy that he never had that he always needed. And what do they do? Well, they get the best receiver in football. So I'm really excited to watch this team. I'm excited to watch every team in that division. All those games head-to-head are going to be so much fun to watch. Um, Every game that they're playing in that division, I will be watching because, one, fantasy is all over the board there, but also just makes some great football games. So as far as Derek Carr goes, he's one of my fave too. And it's a guy I couldn't talk about personally because you took him before me. So, But another guy that I really like, Mace, and we were talking about him before we started recording today, and it's not an offseason without Kirk Cousins slander. And this is just another season where everybody is just saying again, don't draft Kirk Cousins. And I seriously just don't know why. Last year, he finished as the QB 11 in total fantasy points and QB 12 in points per game. And not only that, they bring in a new head coach, Kevin O'Connell. And what has he done in the, in the history of his career? He throws way more aggressively on early downs. Um, and we could just see Kirk maybe this year airing it out. We've already heard from camp that they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more. They're going to be trying to benefit their number one guy, my number one guy, and Jay Jets all the time. And I can just see this being an absolute high-flying offense. I'm not saying that he's going to be incredible, but right now his ADP for QBs is around 15. And I just don't understand why. I, I just don't really know why he's there. Um, there's guys, like, I'm not really sure why we can rank Trey Lance ahead of him. I'm, I get the rushing upside, but seriously, Kirk Cousins has been like a perennial decent fantasy quarterback. And now he's probably going into maybe his, could be his most successful year. Um, it's, I think Justin Jefferson's have a monster year. And as well as that, I just think this team will be really solid. Uh, like we said in, in the NFC North preview, Mace, we both put the Vikings at one in that sneaky little division preview pick. So I believe in Kirk Cousins completely. I know many do. I know many don't. Um, but what about you, Mace? What do you think about him? Yeah, I, I'm all in on, on Kirk Cousins too, man. Like, he's got the weapons. He slings it. But he's just a guy that you can rely on. He's going to be a top probably 12 quarterback. And now it's – we were talking about this before the podcast. It's tough to rank him in the top 12 just looking at those names. But you just know in your gut he's going to get there somehow. One of these guys is going to fall out. He's going to be one that slides in. So I I think he's going to he's gonna do – what he's done every single year, be a solid low-end QB1. And I, I don't know if you meant to do it, but
but you just made up one of my favorite new uh, new terms. And I don't know if you know, so you said per- perennially decent. Perennially so decent? I, I, perennially I mean, that's how I would describe decent. Kirk Cousins, it. man. That's how <laughs> yeah. I would describe him. He's not a sexy pick, but he just no. gets the job done. That's all there is to it. And I, I just think that's the best way to really describe him because – He's just, I don't know. He doesn't scream. He doesn't like stand off the paper, but he's just kind of always been that decent QB. And I just think that this year could be that year. He kind of actually stands out. So, yeah. But yeah, moving on to my last fave. And this is a guy we touched on um, just not too long ago in a, in a divisional preview, but Trevor Lawrence, um, mm. the weapons are there this year. Again, still, still no superstar, but a lot better than he had last year. Um, just the system in general that he's going into this year is a lot more functional. So Trevor Lawrence is a guy that I think should be going a lot, a lot higher than his ADP. Um, Right now we've got obviously Deshaun Watson's ahead of him. I think that's naturally going to correct itself, but Ryan Tannehill and Justin Fields are still above Trevor Lawrence. And when you're drafting quarterbacks at this point, you're obviously not drafting your starter. You're drafting your QB two, maybe even QB three. Um, but when you're drafting backup quarterbacks in fantasy football, you don't care about floor. You don't need a safe floor guy. You need to shoot for the stars. You need to go for the guy that you think may be that next breakout quarterback. And to me, I think it's ludicrous to say that Ryan Tannehill has more upside than Trevor Lawrence this year. I think it's also ludicrous to say that Justin Fields has more upside than Trevor Lawrence. I get he he runs um, and, you know, I'm not going to get too far into it because I know we're going to touch on him later, but I, I think it's insane to take a guy like Tannehill or Fields over Trevor Lawrence, just a much better football player than both those guys in a better system than Justin Fields, for sure. Um, I think where you're having, to, where you're getting to draft Trevor Lawrence right now, QB 20 is just an absolute value and you have to take the upside shot on him at that spot. Um, but yeah, Mikey. One more fave. Who's your last guy? It's Mr. Burr. It's Joe Burrow. And this is kind of an obvious one. I think everybody was kind of waiting for this guy to be in here because we did talk about him a lot uh, in our preview for the Bengals. And it's just a guy that me and you both just love. And I don't know who wouldn't. Um, He coming off a bad knee injury. What does he come in and do? Drops 4,600 yards and 34 touchdowns. Um, in a team that they really couldn't get clicking early um, because of injuries. T. Higgins was out for a little bit with some weird injuries. Um, Jamar Chase, there's a lot of stuff in training camp that came out. Um, and Burrow obviously was just coming back from uh, injury himself. And I think that this year completely will be the year that they kind of really do set the tone. And I know they went to the Super Bowl last year, but I'm talking about regular season and fantasy stats. I think that Joe Burrow, easily could throw for 5,040 this year. And I know that you said the same thing to me too. So I know you won't disagree with that either, but you just look at everything on this team and you're like, how couldn't they, you know, they have easily, like we said, the best wide receiver trio in the NFL. I don't see anyone even coming close to them. T Higgins has slept on way too much in the fantasy football community. It's like everyone kind of just doesn't remember him or realize that he's still there because Chase is there, but he's still being drafted in the third round. And I don't really know why, because he's also incredibly talented. It's just kind of Chase has that name now. Um, And then after that, you look at the receiving game, and you're like, oh, wait, they still have a first-round running back. So they have a first-round receiver in in fantasy. They have a first-round running back. 
They have a guy who Joe Burrow, in my opinion, is being drafted way too low in fantasy there. And then they also have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. So these are just all signs of showing that there could be a massive year incoming. Obviously, you can't predict anything, but this guy is just someone I don't even really need to say a lot because we already talked about him so much. And it's just a guy that I just want to get in every single league because I want to watch every single Bengals game. This is a team that I just want to watch every game of. And I know you think the same way. So what do you think about Joe Burrow? Yeah, I, I don't have much more I have to say about that. Joe Burrow is yeah. an absolute stud. He's got his boy on his offense with Jamar Chase. They've got the running game with Joe Mixon. They've got the momentum from last season. There, there's nothing to not like about Joe Burrow. So that 5,000 yard and 40 touchdown prediction you just made um, uh, is 100% within his realm of possibilities. So I'm, I'm with you there on Joe Burrow. Uh, but let's get into the guys we don't like so much. Our, our quarterback fades for the 2022 uh, fantasy football season. So my first guy, this one, <laughs> it sounds a little weird. All three of your guys, man. Those are all uh, big names in there. My, my first guy is Patrick Mahomes. Oof. And I just want to reiterate again. When I say I'm fading Patrick Mahomes, that does not mean I don't like Patrick Mahomes. I, in fact, still have Patrick Mahomes as my QB3 this year. But when you're looking at ADP, he's actually still above Justin Herbert. Um, but you look at him kind of being tied in with Herbert, pushing up to the Josh Allen territory, where I have Patrick Mahomes. I have him more in the Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson area. I would take him over all those guys without a doubt, but that's more where I feel comfortable drafting Patrick Mahomes just a little bit before those quarterbacks. So I think he's a guy that is, I, I think people, people are vastly uh, misjudging the impact that the Tyreek Hill departure has. Uh, Tyreek Hill has been there for Patrick Mahomes since day one. He's been his guy. And Tyreek Hill is a guy that even in those games where he had two catches, the impact he has is immense. He's still, when he gets shut down, when he gets two catches, that just means that the defense focused everything on him to be able to contain him and everyone else was open because of it. So there's no such thing as Tyreek Hill having a quiet game because even when he does nothing personally, it means Travis Kelsey and and uh, Demarcus Robinson a couple years ago had some big games. All those guys are the ones that balled out that game because of Tyreek Hill distracting all of the defenders. So this Casey offense is in no way going to look like it has the last few years. It's going to be a completely different style of offense. I think we're going to move a lot more slow than they did last year. And I think Patrick Mahomes is an awesome quarterback, and he's still going to end QB3, but I don't think you can even consider him in the same tier as Justin Herbert and Josh Allen this season. Yeah, man. And it, it pains me to say, but I actually got to agree with you here. Um, I just don't see his fantasy production really really showing with that offense. But I do see them – I don't know. It's going to be a weird year because it, he's irreplaceable, Hill. But it, we'll have to wait and find out. But it's it's just – it's going to be interesting, and I really do agree. He shouldn't be over Herbert, and he shouldn't be over Lamar. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just tough. But my next guy, or should I say my first um, fade, and, again, this is kind of another significant name here that we talked about earlier. Uh, actually, it was our first episode, I think. Uh, it's Kyler Murray. And I'm not saying fade him to the moon, but drafting Kyler Murray to me over Burrow, over Jalen Hurts, over Tom Brady – 
it doesn't really make sense to me. Um, I just don't see him really having the weapons and the successful year he did last year going into the into the last few half of the season. And then what happened after Hopkins left? Well, his production dipped completely. And over the last four weeks going into the season, he averages 18.8 fantasy points and 6.3 yards per att- pass attempt. So those aren't pretty numbers. And I know you're going to say, yes, they have Marquise Brown now, but Marquise Brown is not DeAndre Hopkins, not even the same boat as him. It will help slightly, but I just don't see this team being as electric as they were that first half. Uh, Kyler Murray was running away with MVP after the first four weeks. And then all of a sudden it just kind of went down a cliff and they kind of just rode that into the playoffs. And then first round they were out. So I'm not saying to fade Kyler Murray to out of 10, but I'm just saying, I don't see the point in taking Kyler Murray at pick 59 where he's being drafted at when instead, maybe you could wait for a guy like Jalen hurts or Tom Brady two rounds later or even take a guy like Joe Burrow that I just prefer over him. And I just I I just think the rushing upside is getting overvalued here. And I just don't really see him having that great of a year this year because the offense just doesn't really have any playmakers that really stand out. And maybe when Hopkins comes back, that changes really differently. But again, you need a quarterback from day one on. And it can't just be a guy you stash when you're taking him that early. You're taking Kyler Murray over impact guys from day one. There's so many guys in, in that 50 to 60 pick area that could change your team for the entire season. Instead of taking a quarterback that might be really bad and then might turn it on, but he's just too inconsistent for me to take him and trust him. I had him last year and every week I felt like it could be either 40 point Kyler Murray or 15 point Kyler Murray. And I lost a lot of weeks and I won a lot of weeks, but you need a consistent quarterback, you need a consistent floor. And I just don't see Kyler Murray providing that. So that's my fade. Um, what do you think about Kyler Mace? I mean, I, I do agree. I think he's going a little higher than I personally would feel comfortable uh, drafting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're looking at end of the fifth, which is a little rich for my blood. I'm a lot higher on him than you. I think I'm kind of somewhere in the middle of his ADP and kind of where you're looking at him. But I do agree. It's just not worth he, – he's not enough of – there's not enough of a difference between him and Burrow and Hertz and Prescott, Brady. All, all mm-hmm. those guys are just kind of the same, right? Um, I even like some of those more than Kyler Murray. So I don't see the need to jump up on them. So I, I'm definitely with you on that one. Um, my, my second fade here, we're going to move to a guy that last year I was all over. But this season, there's some concerns, and that is Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's coming off of... A Super Bowl. You can't tell me that he's going to be as hungry this year coming off of that Super Bowl that he finally got. Number two, we're hearing a lot about his elbow. And that is really kind of the the root of my concern with him. Even last year, he was not the same quarterback end of year as he was at the beginning. If you watch early in the year, he was slinging it. He wasn't missing a throw. And throughout the year, because I owned him last year, he slowly just kind of... Uh, I, I don't want to say he got sloppy throughout the year, but that that pinpoint accuracy just wasn't on. He wasn't as comfortable slinging it. So the fact that that is already coming up is really concerning to me. This is a guy that I could see missing some games at some point this year. And even if he's not missing games, it's going to be a lot of pain management, which is definitely going to impact his fantasy results. Um, on top of that, I think a lot of uh, his, his season last year came down to Cooper Cup kind of breaking out and a lot of people think 
cup broke out because of Stafford, but I think it was really 50-50. I think they both did a lot for each other. And Cup is not a guy that's just a freak athlete, like a Jamar Chase, a Justin Jefferson, where they're just super athletic, good route runners, that they're going to beat you physically. That's not what Cooper Cup is. He's an IQ guy. So I am concerned that over this offseason, defenses have had time to analyze what he does, have had time to watch the tape, and this year will not know how to stop him, but they'll be able to, to minimize, I, I think, Cooper Cup a lot more this year than last again Cooper Cup's gonna be awesome because he's just an awesome wide receiver um, but Cooper Cup's effectiveness I do see dropping a, a, a solid chunk this year and I do think that will impact Matthew Stafford significantly um I slightly agree and I I don't know if it's really his talent Stafford that I'm really doubting it's more the elbow thing I'm more worried about I don't think that it's really going to come down to him as a player I still think that he will easily be a top 10 fancy quarterback um, if all things go okay. And I don't really see that really changing for me. But I do agree with you, though. There is a little bit of cause concern there. And I do agree. I, it, it's tough to really say don't draft Cooper Cup, but you, all these always these historical seasons, there's always a term of regression. We even mentioned that on the pod. These receivers don't have these years and then just do it again the next year. Obviously, you still take Cooper Cup in the first round because he's it's Cooper Cup. But you have to realize that he's not going to have the same numbers as last year just because that isn't a repeatable thing. Like, it's not Randy Moss. You know what I mean? And these guys these guys aren't like that. And it's not going to be a huge regression, but I still think it'll be a significant one. And I think that will just hurt Matt Stafford, if anything. So I, I do agree with you. Um, he's a guy to kind of be a little bit worried about. And my next fade um, is actually Justin Fields. And I really want him to be good. I really just seeing the bears just suck every year is really annoying. I just want a team to really compete with the Packers and obviously the Vikings hopefully will this year, but it's just like, they've been just so like bad and mediocre for so long. And I really want them to, and I'm not even that like low on Justin Fields talent. I'm just more kind of looking at it as a situation. And even tonight, like I'm while you were talking, Mace, I have Twitter up beside me and, the amount of like Justin Fields memes I'm seeing just keep popping up because something keeps happening in this game. Suppose the Bears O-line just can't hold anything. Every every story I keep seeing is just that they cannot block form. And a quarterback that is supposed to be a run first, or not run first, but a rushing quarterback, if they don't have an O-line, what is he supposed to do? So you look at all this fantasy value and you're like, okay, I get it. Like he... He has that, he had that end of season flair where he was pretty efficient and he looked really good, but did they address their O-line enough for me to take him where he's being put at? He's being right now, he's at the 17th QB 17. And I just don't really get that. I don't know why I would take fields over a guy like Trevor Lawrence over a guy like Matt Ryan or James Winston. I'm taking those guys over him anyways. And I understand that the rushing is there, but if they have no O-line, there is no reason for him to be even being put in this tier because if they can't block for him there's nowhere for him to go and he's not really a, a throw first qb he's not he doesn't have the most talented arm so what do you really expect him to do there when he can't doesn't have room to run the football but we'll have to really see i don't really want to go in too much on fields because it's not really that significant there's not gonna be that that many people playing him every week anyways but it's just a guy to maybe realize that he might not be as efficient on the run as people think he will be, 
just because of the O-line. Yeah, I, I agree. I've never been a, uh, a Justin Fields guy since day one. So I, I'm in complete agreement. Justin Fields is not a guy that will be on any of my fantasy teams this year, especially with where he's going. I think it's insane that he he's he's going as QB seventeen right now. That's insane to me. But yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent on uh, on the Justin Fields hate train with you on that one, Mikey. Um, my last guy, and he's kind of I I dislike him for all the same reasons that I love Derek Carr this year, and that's Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. That, that sounds like a recipe for disaster. And then it's really, based on what we're hearing out of camp, sounding like they missed on the Christian Watson pick, at least for this year. He's a very raw prospect. So I'm not, I'm not counting him out whatsoever uh, to, from being a, a good football player at some point. But it's seeming like he is not going to be ready to take the lead this year. So this is an Aaron Rodgers that has Al Lazard and then probably Aaron Jones as his two leading leading targets there's really no upside there and LaFleur is a smart enough coach to recognize that and he's going to completely transform this offense this is going to be a run first offense they'll throw when they have to but they're just going to try to grind the clock out they're going to be more of a defensive based team this year so they're going to run the ball a lot they're going to drain the clock and that is just a recipe for for ruining the upside of Aaron Rodgers I think he'll He'll be a fine week-to-week play, but I just don't see the upside this year at all for Aaron Rodgers. I don't see him completely falling off. He's still going to get his 18 to 22 fantasy points per week, but unless Aaron Jones has one of those games he has every once in a while where he goes for 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns, which maybe happens once or twice this year, we see Aaron Rodgers get up into the 30s. But aside from that, the ceiling is just not there for Aaron Rodgers and you're having to pass up on some guys with some great ceilings like Russell Wilson, like Trey Lance, like Derek Carr. So Aaron Rodgers is a guy for me, not worth his draft slot, and I am definitely fading for the 2022 fantasy football season. Yeah, Mace, I agree. And it's just another guy for me that has the name, and people kind of don't want to forget about Aaron Rodgers, and you kind of have to put him there because it is Aaron Rodgers. But I just don't see that offense being as heavily used in the passing game. Like you just said, they have a one, two punch there at running back. I do, however, think that both of those guys will be heavily involved uh, in the receiving game. And even Aaron Rodgers today said that Aaron Jones can get open just as good as any receiver on the team. And I don't know if that's a knock on the Packers receivers or just a compliment to Aaron Jones, but um, it's something to really look at. And I still think it'll be very efficient but I just don't see him having those like massive games and massive numbers because I just think that when they're up, they won't keep throwing. They'll just start running the ball, you know, and they have both those guys to go in there, get yards, get those chunk plays. And I just think that'll come down to it. And I just don't really see why I take him at QB 10 when there are those guys above him with the higher ceiling. So I, I completely agree with you. Um, and my last fade, um, it's Dak Prescott. And there's not much really to say about this guy. I mean, it's just he's being drafted at QB8, and I don't know why. You know, and, and he's being drafted back-to-back with uh, Jalen Hurts, and the QB below him would be Tom Brady. So I just don't really see why I would take Dak over those two guys. He loses Amari Cooper, and I just don't really see why I would take that high of a pick on him. And I understand that. He kind of has that name, and he's always been a pretty solid fantasy player. 
but he just always has those games where he does nothing. He's massive games. And I said the same thing with Kyler Murray. You kind of need that guy at the safe floor. You can't have a guy that puts up 40 and then drops 12 points. And I had, I had Dak in one of my leagues last year too. And that's, it's just, it's the, it's just what he does. He has these huge games that win you weeks, but then the next week he'll lose you a week. And you can't really have that on your fancy quarterback because you need to have a chance to win every week. And obviously I still see him being a top 12 fancy quarterback, but a QB eight, I just don't really see. I would so much rather take the guys below him instead. And I just don't really see Dallas being that explosive. That being said, I still love CeeDee Lamb, uh, like we said, and we'll talk about him for sure, one of us, when we get to uh, wide receivers, uh, when we get to that episode. But as far as Dak Prescott goes, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. I just don't like where he's at on the ranking sheets. I just think people kind of can't let go of the fact that he's not in that echelon anymore of players and talent. And unfortunately, I think that people are going to really just take him there because that's where he's ranked on most sites. And I think that a lot of people are kind of going to suffer from that. So what do you think, Mace? Yeah, I, I'm honestly kind of indifferent on Dak Prescott. Like, taking a look through the rankings, through the ADP rankings, I I would have different... The guys around him, I have different, but he's number eight on the rankings. I have him as my QB8, so I'm really indifferent. I don't love him, but if he's the best guy there at a good value, I'll take him kind of thing. Um, but that's going to wrap it up. So, our faves, let's quickly go through our guys all again. So my faves, mm-hmm. I had uh, Tom Brady and I had Derek Carr and I had Trevor Lawrence. And then for fades, I've got Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. And Mikey, who did you have? For faves, I had Mr. Jameis Winston, Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow. And then fades, I had Kyler Murray, Justin Fields and Dak Prescott. So Mace, awesome. close that here, buddy. I love it. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Next Tuesday, we'll be back at it with episode uh, episode two of our Faves and Fades series. So we're going to move into the running back position. we got some more spicy takes ready for you. So please listen to our next episode as well. It's going to be a good one. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone have a great day. Peace out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.